Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Okay, Erev Tov, continuing Masechet Yevamot in our Mishnah, we are on the third chapter, Peregimel Mishnah Chet, Eight Mishnah. With regards to the 15 Ervaz uh, mentioned in the opening Mishnah of the Masechet, the Mishnah tells us that If any of those situations, the brother who died made a questionable Kiddushin um, with that Erva or a quest, had a questionable divorce, we'll see what that means. If that husband was to die without any children, then the co-wives of the Erva, who were normally exempt, they have to perform Chalitza with the living brother, um, but they cannot be taken into Yibum. So Mishnah goes on to describe what is the case of questionable kiddushin, questionable marriage or questionable divorce. What is the case of questionable kiddushin? Zarakla kiddushin. For example, they were standing, uh, a man and woman were standing exactly eight amot away, and he threw an object of value towards her to make the kiddushin. Kiddushin can be acquired through kesef biyavshdar. In this case, it's kesef. So he wanted to throw an object that she, if she acquires, they're married. The problem is, safek karov lo, safek karov la. Where, where it landed, we're not sure if it was closer to him. If it was closer to him, then nothing really happened because she couldn't acquire it. Or if it was closer to her. So this would be a case, zeu safek kiddushin. This is a case of questionable kiddushin. What would be the case of safek gerushin? Questionable divorce. So you can either have three possibilities. Number one, katav biktav yadov edim. For example, the husband wrote the get in his own handwriting, but there's no witnesses that are uh, that signed on it. So um, that's one one safek uh, gerushin. We'll talk more about that when we get to masechet gidin. Number two, yesh alav edim ve'en bozman. You have witnesses that did sign on it, but it has no date on the get. So that's also a safek gerushin. And then you have yesh bozman ve'en bo'elaidechad, or it has a date, but you only have one witness on the get. So in all these three cases, Zeus, Afeg, Rushin, there is a, these are the, the cases of questionable divorce. There are two last Mishnayot in, in this chapter, which uh, are of the confusing type, and then it gets drastically simpler to understand. So we'll get through them. You have three brothers who are married to three unrelated women. One of the brothers died. And the second brother made a ma'amar marriage, again, that's like a quasi-marriage with the widow, uh, a partial marriage with, the, with his widow. Vamet, and then the second brother died. So now you have two widows, one who was, one to whom had, he had been fully married, and the second partially married. What is the law? Both these widows now perform chalitza, meaning they cannot perform yibum with the remaining brother that's alive. The Pasuk says, one of them dies, her Yavam shall come to her. The Yibum is only performed with a widow who has a Yibum bond from one Yavam. Not with a widow who has a bond with two individuals. And since this widow had a bond with two, uh, two um, the Mamar wife was never fully married to the second brother, but she still has that Yibum bond. So therefore, okay, you got you got three brothers married to three sisters. 
Okay, one of the brothers died, so A dies. Okay, then this, uh, B B marries the widow, uh, also second wife, half married with a ma'amar, and then B dies. Okay, so now you're only left with C. C has to the, the Mishnah basically says that C has to perform chalitza to the to the remaining widows. He cannot perform yibum with them. Okay, because you can only perform yibum if you uh, if you had a, a yibum bond with one person. But he actually has a yibum bond with two, so therefore he has to perform yibum uh, chalitza instead of yibum. All right. In a nutshell, that's the Mishnah that we just that we just said. The, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says he argues with the Tanakama. He says meyabem that no, he can choose which one of the remaining two widows he wants to have yibum with, and the other one he does chalitza. He doesn't need to do chalitza on on both. If you have two brothers married to two sisters, one of the brothers died, and then the wife of the second brother died. So now you have um, brother, brother B with wife A are alive. The widow, so wife A, is forbidden to brother B forever. Because at one point they were not allowed to get married, so therefore they cannot they cannot be with each other. Because she became forbidden to him at uh, at one time. The last Mishnah in uh, Paragimel says, If you have two men who got married to two women, not related to each other, um, when they entered the chupa to complete the marriage, they accidentally switched one's wife for the other one's wife. Again, this Rachel and Leah, yeah. So they were totally, totally covered. And uh, not only that, not only that, they, they brought them home and they lived with the other one's wife. Okay. So if you're wondering how this happened, because in the olden days they did kiddushin well before. The, the actual chupa. So they were technically married even uh, however long before that. Now they got to the chupa to consummate the marriage and they brought her home. Then he didn't know it was dark outside. Yeah, he took another, he took another woman. But he's really married to the, to the other one, not to this person. So, these people are each liable to a korban hatat for having lived with another married woman. And if the men were brothers, Mishum eshetach. They're now liable to an additional hatat of living with your brother's wife. Ve'im hayu achayot. And if the two women were sisters, then you have another hatat. Mishum isha elachotah. You have a third hatat of, of living with a wife and her sister. Ve'im hayu nidot. And if those women happen to be menstruating, then mishum nida. There's a fourth hatat involved because they cohabited with a nidat. Um, further laws with regards to this case. Before the, now the women have to go back to their original husband. It's not like they can stay with the new guy. That's not what was intended for, right? So they have to go back. The Mishnah says, Before we put him back to the original husband, we have to separate them for three months. Because maybe they became pregnant with the, the wrong husband or the wrong man. Um, that they that they cohabited by by mistake, um, and and if they are, by the way, that child becomes a mamzer and cannot marry regular Jews of proper lineage. Now, after three months have, have passed, you can tell whether the woman is pregnant or not, and then you go back. 
If the women were young girls, and therefore they're not able to get pregnant, we can return them right away to their, uh, uh, their real, real husbands. And if the women were daughters of Kohanim, they, they become disqualified from eating terumah, even if their husbands die without the, uh, their having a child, because they were, they, they, unfortunately they cohabited with someone who was an erva to them. It was an accident, but that actually causes disqualification from eating terumah. <clears throat> okay, that was, concludes Perek Gimel. Um, if someone performed halitza with the yevama, so he chose not to get... Uh, um, not to do yibum with the woman. And later it was found that this woman was pregnant with a deceased husband's child. And she gave birth. So now, if the, if the child is viable, means the child is going to live, then the chalitza that the guy performed is totally meaningless. You only perform yibum or chalitza if there's no child. So the chalitza becomes meaningless. She didn't, uh, uh, she didn't need to do it. Therefore, the Yavam is allowed to marry her close relatives. And she's allowed to marry his relatives. And he did not disqualify her from marrying into the keunah, from marrying a kohen. However, if the child is not viable, meaning the child will not live, it's sick, she miscarried or for whatever reason, then... The chalitza was necessary. Now, once the, the chalitza is, is valid because the child was not viable. So, he would be forbidden to marry her close relatives. She's forbidden to marry his close relatives. And he has disqualified her um, from marrying into the keunah. We'll continue with more Mishnayot as the week goes on.